The Israelites had their backs against a wall of water called the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was bearing down upon them, but their great God and all of his power and his faithfulness split the Red Sea for them. One of the greatest miracles in human history took place so that the Israelites could walk across on dry land. When they got to the other side, they then turned around and watched as their enemies were defeated before their eyes without them lifting their hands, lifting a weapon, doing anything at all. Why? Because they were God's people and he had made a promise to them. So right before their eyes, the greatest miracle in human history took place. And today, in the finale of the Red Sea Rules that we've been learning all summer long, we will take a look at one final Red Sea Rule. And what we're going to find out today is it's very important how we respond when God does great things in our lives. In fact, we're going to find out today there is an expected response. The Israelites actually got it right. And the question will be today, how do we respond? When God is faithful in our own Red Sea moments. You know, in the history of the church, some of the greatest songs of praise have come out of some of the darkest moments you could even imagine. And one of those great examples is the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God by Martin Rinkhart. He was a Lutheran pastor. He lived in the 1600s and he was in the village of Ellenburg, Saxony. And he began his ministry in one of the toughest times to start your ministry. He started it during the 30 years war that was ravaging the area. This would have been a really difficult time to start off as a preacher, but that's what he did. And as the war drug on, refugees began to pour into his small village. And with them came extreme disease, there was plague, and there was unbelievable pain and starvation. It was a horrible time. And yet, this great man ended up being a part of the negotiations that actually brought an end to the hostilities. He was very courageous in doing it, even risked his life. But as those hostilities came to an end, and as people began to feel their own Red Sea moment finally come to an end, this man, instead of taking all the credit, instead of maybe asking the question, why did it take so long, God, for you to bring an end to these hostilities? Instead of putting God on uh, the questioning chair and asking him why he let all of these bad things happen, instead, the response of Rinkart was to write this beautiful hymn. And this is how he responded. Listen to the words of this great hymn. Now thank we all our God, with hearts and hands and voices, who wondrous things hath done, in whom this world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. What a beautiful hymn, thanking God and praising Him for His faithfulness. Rinkart responded to God in the way he desires. The Israelites, we're going to find out today, at the end of their Red Sea moment, responded to God in the way He desires. The question is, will we respond to God in a way that He desires? Will we praise Him? Will we thank Him? What will we do when we see the faithfulness of God in our own Red Sea moments? That's what we're going to find out today.
The beautiful words of that hymn that Rinkart uh, wrote in the 1600s is very reminiscent of the words of the song the Israelites wrote and sang at the end of their Red Sea moment. So let's go now. If you have your Bibles, you can go there on your devices. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 through 2, and we're going to see how the Israelites responded. Now, can you imagine how they felt as they walked across the miraculous splitting of the Red Sea, and then they watched their enemy destroyed before their eyes. They didn't lift a finger. It was all the power of God. I can imagine that there was stunned silence for a few moments as they stood there looking at the Red Sea that is now fully back together. Their armies that were after them are gone, and they themselves are now safe. And suddenly they broke out into song. Suddenly someone began to sing. Original words. Oh, this was a tune that was written on the spot. And here is the main lines from the song. It says this, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Exodus 15, 1 through 2. Now, this is what it looks like to respond to God in the way that He desires when He comes through in our Red Sea moments. Now, this was a huge Red Sea moment, but the truth is we all face our own Red Sea moments. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. But the thing you're going to see today is that they are always opportunities for us to lift up and exalt our God. And that brings us to the last of our Red Sea rules. These Israelites have taught us so much all summer long in their Red Sea moment. Uh, things that we can take into our own Red Sea moments. And here comes the last one. Red Sea rule number 10 says this. We must maintain a perspective of praise and a heart of gratitude. We must maintain a perspective of praise and a heart of gratitude. So the Israelites could have easily simply blown past the moment. They could have easily thought to themselves, we're busy, we got to get going, we just came through this great miracle, let's move on, let's go to the next thing. And I think that's very easy for us to do in our modern situations, in our own Red Sea moments, to simply blow by them. But the Israelites didn't do that. You know, most of the summer we've spent time seeing how the Israelites uh, made mistakes, they failed many of the tests in their own Red Sea moment. But this is a moment they got right. Because instead of moving on by it, instead of moving on with life, they stopped. They hit the pause button. They wrote a song. They sang it together, all 500,000 to a million of them. Can you imagine the sound of the chorus as they sang this beautiful song of thanks and gratitude to God? They were willing to stop and maintain their perspective of praise and their hearts of gratitude. You know, the Bible tells us to do this, even in the New Testament. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. It would have been very easy for the Israelites to miss the opportunity to praise God and thank him in this incredible moment. But they did not miss it. They stopped. I think that we all need to learn this lesson 
Because often in life, I think we miss our opportunities to praise God and be thankful to Him. And what you need to understand today is gratitude and praise is something that not only glorifies God, it ultimately changes us. So the question is today, if God expects us to praise Him and thank Him in our Red Sea moments, how do we go about doing that? How do we maintain a perspective of praise and a heart of gratitude? So here is how we maintain a perspective of praise and a heart of gratitude. Number one, we must not compare. Comparison is the ultimate killjoy. It will suck the life out of your incredible victories in your Red Sea moments. If, if you're not careful, you will miss what God's doing in your own life because you're so busy at watching what He's doing in someone else's. So often in this life, we don't see all the great things in our own life because we're too busy looking across the way at what someone else's lives look like. Often we fail to see how great our own home is because we're comparing it to the size of the guy down the road. Uh, maybe we, we miss the fact that we have a nice vehicle to take us where we want to go because we're too busy noticing what our friend got last week off the car lot. Often we don't even enjoy our own families because we compare our families to someone else. And often we don't even know the real story behind the very things that we compare ourselves to. In an age of social media where we tend to look at what everyone else has, uh, we fail to remember that people are putting forward often a false, perfect picture of their lives. With all the poses and the smiles often comes a great amount of falsehood. So we end up comparing ourselves to things that are simply unattainable and not even true. So you will lose your perspective of praise and your heart of gratitude if you fall into the trap of comparison. Secondly, do not forget. Don't forget. We can become so forgetful uh, to thank God for the big and the small in our lives. When's the last time you sat down and thanked God uh, for the ways He has provided for you? See, right now, I think many of us are simply praying for God to get us through this pandemic. And what's it going to look like when school starts? And man, what's going to happen with the economy? Well, when's the last time you've sat down and thanked God for his faithfulness in the middle of the pandemic? If you're not sick, have you thanked him for being well? If you have had the economic resources you've needed during this time, have you stopped to thank him for that? Have you stopped to thank God uh, for all of his faithfulness in your life during this time? That needs to become a habit in our lives as Christians, to thank God and not forget to thank Him. This is something that we must not forget. Thirdly, we must be present. We must be present. The Israelites could have easily uh, been caught in reminiscing about the past or moving forward to the future because standing there on the other side of the Red Sea, on the other side of that great miracle, there was still lots of uncertainty. Where are they going to go now? What is this new life going to look like? Who's going to be in charge? What's this going to be? What's their future uh, going to involve? They had no answers to any of those questions. They could have easily been caught up in what was going to happen in the future. They could have been worried and anxious. But instead, they were present in that moment. 
And because they were willing to be present in that moment, standing on the other side of the Red Sea, with the victory still in front of them, they can still see the waters coming together. They were present. They didn't move forward. They didn't hit the fast forward button. Instead, they were present, and that enabled them to thank God for what He was doing right then. It enabled them to keep a perspective of praise. And then finally, we must be intentional. We must be intentional to praise God and be thankful to Him because, frankly, it is not second nature to us as people. Uh, We, like the Israelites, have a tendency uh, to feel like we aren't getting what we deserve and feeling like there should be more. And often we are forgetful and often we do get too busy and often we do get anxious and worried about the future and we forget to be intentional about thanking God. So thanking God has to become a discipline. Gratitude and praise has to become a discipline in your life. Uh, Maybe when you're done listening to this teaching, you should just go find a place in your backyard or in your home or maybe even ride down the road in the car and spend a moment just thanking God for everything He's done in your life and be present in that moment. I don't know about you, but during this pandemic, my heart has wanted to jump forward to try to figure out what's next. And what I have figured out is that there's no way to know what's coming next. But what I can do is trust God. The same God who has been faithful throughout the pandemic is going to be faithful through the end of it. And the same God that I trust today, I can trust tomorrow. The same God who I have trusted my eternity to, I can trust my today and my tomorrow to. We must do that. We must be intentional and stay present in order to thank God and be grateful. Now, intentionality means that it's not just going to happen. You're not just going to fall into being a person of praise and gratitude. You're going to have to You're going to have to be disciplined about it. You're going to have to thank God when maybe you aren't sure what to thank Him for. You're going to have to work to find the things that you need to be grateful for. Sometimes when you're uh, predisposed to grumble and be bitter and angry, you're going to need to shift that intentionally to praise. Intentionality is going to be huge in you maintaining a perspective of praise and a heart of gratitude. When I think about Red Sea Rule number 10, it reminds me of a story in the New Testament that really highlights the fact that God has an expected response for us. When we go through our Red Sea moments, when He works in our lives, He expects us to thank Him and to praise Him. If you will, turn with me to Luke 17. This is a an incredible story. It's only recorded in the book of Luke, verses 11 through 19. Jesus is in the middle of his ministry, and this incredible moment happens. Verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Now, why does it give you that detail? It gives you that detail because the Bible is wanting you to understand that Jesus is walking on a border between the people of the Jews and the people of Samaria, and they hate each other. These people are not uh, in relationship. There is a mixing of race, and there is a mixing of religious ideas. Uh, This is a bit of a hodgepodge here on this border. That's where Jesus is, verse 12. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. Now, you need to understand that leprosy was a devastating disease during ancient times. Uh, 
It was something that, had, that would get you kicked out of society. You could not be around other people. You were considered by the Jews ceremonially unclean. This would literally ruin your life. And the reason there are ten lepers together is because lepers could only hang out with other lepers. So they would join together and form kind of a colony, if you will, to try to take care of each other and have some sense of normality and community. It says here, they stood at a distance. That's because that's what they had to do. It was illegal for them to come into contact with people. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So somehow they had heard about him and they are literally yelling at him from a distance because that's the only way they could get his attention. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. The reason Jesus said this is because for them to enter society again, they would have to be given a certificate of cleanliness from the priest. This, this was a law issue. And so Jesus tells them, go to the priest. They're going to have to check them out. And as they went, they were cleansed, meaning Jesus worked a miracle. Now, this is another Red Sea moment, isn't it? Sometimes Red Sea moments look like the actual Red Sea splitting, but that's only happened one time in history. Other times it looks different. And this is another Red Sea moment where these 10 people, their Red Sea was the leprosy that was ravaging their skin and their bodies that had ruined their lives. And as they walked to the priest, Jesus split the Red Sea. Jesus cleanses their bodies. Look what it says, verse 15. Then one of them, not 10, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. It's important to note. The other nine were Jews. They were of the Jewish community. Here is this one who is a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, the Samaritan? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Now watch this. He's already healed his skin. He's already healed his body. Now he says, your faith has made you well. Meaning now this, this person is saved. Not just in his body, but spiritually. He now has been given not just physical life again, but eternal life. Now what do we learn from this? Well, first of all, we learn this. Jesus, who is God, by the way, expects our praise and our gratitude. He expected it. His first question to the guy when he got there was, where's the rest of them? I healed 10 people and only one's coming back. Where are the other nine? Now, what do you think Jesus says in our own lives when he provides for us, when he is faithful, when he does great things, both big and small, and we fail to thank him and we fail to praise him and we fail to fall on our knees before him in our own hearts and lift him up and exalt him? What is his response? And I'm afraid often in my life, I have probably left Jesus asking, where is Chris? Where is he? Why is he not thanking me right now? I provided for him. I made this happen. I opened up this door for him. I gave him this. Uh, I, I kept this thing from him that could have been harmful. I gave him a way out of that situation. I provided for him a, an exit from that temptation. I was there for him. Where is the gratitude? Where is the praise? We see here Jesus expects our gratitude and our praise. Secondly, the Jews fell into a trap. These nine Jewish lepers fell into a trap that is one of the great, great impediments to our being praising people and our being grateful people. And what is it? It is the idea of entitlement. 
The Jews thought, we're a part of the Jewish community. This Samaritan, he doesn't deserve this. But of course Jesus healed us. We're Jews. We deserve this. This was an ongoing issue for the Jewish people during that time when it came to their interactions with Jesus. There was a bit of entitlement, so they didn't come back and thank him. Now let me make this clear. Entitlement is not just an issue for uh, the Jews in Jesus' day. It wasn't just an issue for the Israelites at the Red Sea. It is an issue for all of us. And if listen, entitlement will rob you of praise and gratitude to God. It will rob you of this important part of your Christian life. Let me say it like this. It is impossible to be grateful for something that you believe you deserve. Let me say it again. It is impossible for you to be grateful for something that you believe you deserve. And that is why entitlement is a huge problem for us. Eradicate entitlement in your life. Be viciously proactive in getting rid of entitlement. Because we don't deserve what Jesus has done for us. We do not deserve His perfect life. We do not deserve His uh, substitutionary death on the cross. We don't deserve the healing He's brought to us. We don't deserve any of that. Any of that. Listen, listen. What we all deserved was eternity apart from God. We have all punched that ticket, and Jesus reversed the curse, went to the cross, came out of the empty tomb. We were not entitled to any of that. We have been given that, and that should bring us to a place of praise and gratitude. Listen, when's the last time you looked at your life and thought about the fact that you don't deserve any of it? You do know if you have kids, you don't deserve them. If you got a great spouse, you don't deserve it. If you have health, you didn't do anything to earn that. If God's given you abilities and talent, where did it come from? You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. We don't deserve anything. And yet God has given us everything in Jesus. And then We need to understand that the nine were also obviously just too busy to stop. They had to run back to Jesus, and only one was willing to do that. They made the mistake that the Israelites at the Red Sea did not make. They were willing to stop, even though they did have to move on with life. They weren't going to be able to stand there at the shore of the Red Sea forever. There was an adventure ahead of them, things they had to do. But that moment needed to happen for praise and gratitude. And I'm not asking you to spend your whole day sitting in the chair in the corner of your living room thanking God all day long. No, no, we have life to live. I get that. But you must make it a habit to hit the pause button and stop because we are not too busy to praise God. We... Listen, it's too important. We're, it's too important to not praise him. He is worthy of it. So we must not allow ourselves to be too busy to just move on with life and stop to praise him for the big and the small. Make it a part of your life. And then finally, listen, we see here and learn from this story that the one who came back to Jesus, gratitude, gratefulness, it not only led to Jesus getting glory, it led to this person receiving eternal life. They were saved forever. Not just in the moment from their skin problem, but forever from their heart problem. And what you need to understand is a lack of gratitude and the presence of entitlement could keep many of us from even knowing Jesus at all. It happened to others in the Bible, and it could happen to you. You may be watching today, and you may think, you know what, you've been a good enough person, and that everything's going to work out fine for you in the end. But the Bible is really clear that none of us, no, not one, the Bible says, is righteous. Meaning we must have Jesus. I know that's offensive. No one wants to hear that they're so bad they need a Savior. Uh, But you can take that as good news, or you can take it as bad news. I take it as good news. I was so bad I needed a Savior, but I am so loved 
that God provided that Savior for me. And His name is Jesus. So today we must avoid those things that would keep us from having a perspective of praise and a heart of gratitude. Now, as we think about this, I want you to think about the moment there at the Red Sea and how God delivered Israel from Egypt and how He's going to to deliver you. Always He will be faithful if you trust Him to deliver you from whatever your Egypt is, whatever your Red Sea moment is. And in the next few moments, we're just going to celebrate the fact that our God is faithful in our Red Sea moments.
So we must maintain a perspective of praise and an attitude of gratitude. The Israelites at the shores of the Red Sea got it right. Nine of the lepers that Jesus healed in the New Testament totally missed the moment. But one leper got it right. And he wasn't even a part of the in crowd. He was the Samaritan. And yet he came back, fell on his knees, took the time and thanked and praised God. And he was rewarded big time with another opportunity to trust Jesus. And he did. And the question is, how will we live our lives? We've spent the whole summer learning Red Sea rules. And I hope that you'll apply them to your life. As we leave this moment of the Israelites at the Red Sea, I hope that you'll take these lessons with you. They've been rich. They've been biblical. Hopefully they've been life-changing and inspiring to you. But this last one I think could be the most important. We must maintain this perspective of our praise and adoration for our good God. And we must not miss the opportunities to be grateful for the big and small blessings in our lives. It will change everything for us. You know, in my ministry over the past uh, couple of decades, I've done a lot of traveling and a lot of flying on airplanes. And at one point I was flying to South Florida, to Miami, to preach and do ministry once every four to five weeks. And I remember this one time I was taken off from Miami, headed back to Pensacola, Florida. And we were on a really little plane. It was called the American Eagle. And there was a thunderstorm in the area. I'll never forget as the plane was taken off, you could literally look out the window and it looked horrible. It was menacing. You could see that this was not going to be good. And I thought, we are in for a bumpy, bumpy ride. Underneath it, the perspective I had was this is not going to be good. I was even a little nervous, a little scared. But then the pilot literally shot that little plane through that storm. And it was just a moment of bumpiness, just a moment of scary stuff, just a moment of discomfort. And suddenly we emerged above those clouds. And as he began to climb, we ended up above the storm. And my perspective changed. Because above that storm, I'll never forget how incredibly gorgeous and beautiful it was. It looked like a mountain range of dark blue clouds beneath us. You could see the flashes of lightning every few moments. And suddenly my perspective changed from fear to praise. I'll never forget sitting in the chair in that airplane and just praising God and thanking him for his wonders and his creative works, thanking him for his faithfulness in my life. And as we just cruised over the top of that storm, my perspective changed. Yours can too. You can either look at the storm and go, I don't know if we're ever going to get through this, or you can think about the greatness of your God and the faithfulness of your God. Because I can promise you, He will be faithful. Either in this life or the next, the plane of your life will emerge from the storm clouds. And the question is, what perspective will you have while you're flying through it? Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be found faithful. I, I don't want to be the nine lepers that didn't thank God. I want to be the one that came back. I want to be the one that hit the pause button on my life long enough to to look into the eyes of my Savior and thank Him. And I want to invite you into that journey, a journey that could change your life, a journey that you can take with you forever, a lesson from the Red Sea that you can begin to implement in your own life every day, and it's this. Maintain a perspective of praise and a heart of gratitude. Thank you for joining us on this 10-week journey, the Red Sea Rules.